Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, welcome to American Liberties, the Wednesday night call. It is June 21st, year of 2017. For those of you, I just got to mention, because he was a real good friend of mine for many years, um, Michael B. Clark, who is uh, the founder of the Masters Protection Group, the STS program, the trust program died Sunday of cancer. He was battling um, uh, cancer for a couple years, and uh, for two and a half years, that is, and finally he lost it. And And this man went to Mexico. He took everything you could possibly think of to beat the cancer, but it just couldn't be done. So with that being said, um, uh, he is he is up there now looking down and saying, man, I'm glad I got out of that rat race. <laughs> but um, anyhow, um, talking to a few people over the week and everything, and even to a couple new prospects or new uh, truth seekers or whatever you want to call them, um, you know, the... It seems it seems like some of us are out there telling people about WeVGov.com, and um, and I would just like to encourage everybody at least tell somebody each day, two or three people, if not you know ten thousand people, new people a day, um, you know, kind of like network marketing, but we're not really network marketing anything other than information and if they just you know they get a lot of free information by coming to wevgov.com and then if they want to go ahead and participate in getting some good information that you know beyond what they see on the net in more detail then they can always go to the product page and down you know and and order the uh, books, tapes, and and get more education. It's um, uh, we just need more uh, more <coughs> notice out there. And and I thank people. I don't want to thank any one person because then I would leave somebody out and they would feel bad. But you know who you are. You you know what you're doing to get the word out. And we certainly. I mean, without without hesitation, appreciate it, and uh, and for those who just you know feel obli- you know not obligated, but feel uh, towards donating wh- whatever amount, we we appreciate that too. And and I, I tell you, some people come in just at the you know it's like God always makes it at the right time. And I and I really can appreciate that uh, very very much, and um, and and it's not taken for granted. I trust trust me, it's not taken for granted at all. So we really do appreciate that. But you know, there's I'm not getting as many people today calling me and saying, you know, hey, this guy's getting indicted. I'm sure they're out there. But we're not hearing it as often as we did several months ago, and and I'm, you know, I'm I'm wondering why, if, you know, because it seemed like for years, you know, I'm always hearing somebody getting indicted or getting invested criminally investigated and so forth. Maybe it has slowed down. I don't know, but I I couldn't imagine that happening, but. Um, we uh, we now have a new guy is in charge of the uh, government reform, uh, uh, Gowdy, 
and and I kind of like him. He he's he's the type of guy like it gets in your face type guy. So um, I'm thinking some things along uh, that that we may be able to do with him. And I'll talk to Dave in the future about that. But anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and see what's on David's mind. I'm sure he has he has something uh, positive to share. So, Dave, are you on? Thanks, Chris. Can you hear me? Yep, surely can. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you something positive. I'm positive it's a it's a bad scene out there. <laughs> uh, in the chat, there's a, a question about the the records of Susan Rice's probes into uh, the NSA records, trying to unmask the identity of certain individuals scooped up. Uh, they're supposed to remain anonymous. The investigations, collection of information, whatever, was about the people they were talking to. And the identity of the Americans are supposed to remain uh, concealed. Well, asking that that person be unmasked can only be uh, requested by a public servant. And only a government agency can turn over the uh, information. And they transferred it to the Obama Library, which is oxymoronic. Uh, he got where he got by virtue of people not reading. Um, the library is, uh, if you believe the host. I listen to on the radio, the library is Inc, I-N-C period, meaning private entity, and uh, that means the records have been transferred from the government. And let's first ask, are those government records? Who asked that certain individuals be unmasked? Who was it? Yeah, those are government records, a record of who asked certain in the, uh, certain conversations be unmasked. So, yeah, it's a government record. Was it transferred to private uh, possession? Yes. Is that unauthorized? Of course, government property does not belong to private individuals. <clears throat> Into the chat, I'm pasting a link for anybody that's just on the phone, 18 U.S.C. 641. 18 U.S.C. 641. Whoever embezzles, steals, purloins, or knowingly converts to his or the use of another or without authority, sells, conveys, or disposes of any record, voucher, money, or thing of value of the United States or of any department or agency thereof or in any, any property made or being made under contract for the United States or any department or agency thereof or whoever receives, conceals, or retains the same with intent to convert it to his or uh, his use or gain, knowing it to have been embezzled, stolen, purloined, or converted, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. That's a felony. But if the value of such a property in the aggregate combining amounts from all the counts for which the defendant is convicted in a single case, if it does not exceed a thousand dollars, shall be in prison not more than one year. <clears throat> so we have a felony, and uh, then there are the um, the felony statutes pushed around by the crowd that uh, was calling for Hillary Clinton's head on a platter over housing the uh, email on a server in a bathroom in a ma and pa shop so anyway i think it's uh it's the wrongful disposal of government documents if they're classified that's one thing they stay in the possession of the government period period no one has any business taking it off the premises and i'll tell you what uh this is uh basically if it's the last thing that happened uh, regarding that administration, 
it's the last thing, and it's exactly like the first thing that this administration did. The first executive move that that president did after inauguration in 2009, the first thing that that president did, he moved the U.S. Census from the Office of the Secretary of Commerce to the White House Chief of Staff, Rahm Emanuel. And with that move, all of the data that the United States had collected through census research and field work was transferred to the Democratic National uh, uh, Committee. They got all of the demographic data that the United States had ever collected right up to 2009, and it walked out under the shoulder of Rahm Emanuel on an external hard drive. I bet you a million dollars. And then here they are again doing the same thing. Records of who is unmasked, oh, get those out of here. We will not have, we're going to take government records and put them in the hands of a private individuals and the the public can't see them for five years. Judicial Watch will win their lawsuit. I don't know what circuit Judicial Watch is on, but hopefully it's a a more sensible circuit than uh, the liberal ones. And I really don't get into weighing the circuits for which side of that uh, fence they fall on. I got enough, enough of my time is taken up with other stuff, believe me. Welcome to the uh, June 21st, 2017 American Liberties Call. Uh, It's Wednesday evening. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. There's a Senate bill. It should be easy to find uh, if you just went to the web. In fact, I'll do it for you. Senate. Bill, crypto, currency, reporting, and uh, come up with an article on Zero Hedge. Uh, I'm going to activist post instead. I was here the other day, and I think they have a link to the bill. Here you go. A Senate bill, travelers must register cash and digital amounts over $10,000 or face 10 years in prison and full asset seizure. Oh, is that right? Well, what if the IRS is wrong again? It doesn't matter. You've lost everything. Even if they're wrong, you've lost everything. You have to go to court and file and uh, and sue for it <clears throat> and fight for it. Oh, we found this, and uh, he was in the vicinity of another guy whose computer appeared to kind of interface with his, and I think they're they're exchanging digital currency, Your Honor. There. So you were within 100 yards of their expert that they sent into your proximity, and uh, they put information on your computer and said, oh, digital currency is related to this guy's activity over here. We can't find him, but we got this other guy. And they got you. And they'll take everything. Secondly, on a tax return, they got you. You got to disclose things. This is a matter of just because you travel, you do not have a right to financial privacy. Travelers have to do this. Wow, really? Um. Under the guise of combating money laundering, Senate Bill 1241, Combating Money Laundering, Terrorist Financing, and Counterfeiting Act of 2017, ramps up regulation of digital currency and imposes other autocratic financial controls in an attempt to ensure none of your assets can escape one of the state's most nefarious, despised powers, civil asset forfeiture. Bingo. That's on activistpost.com. So uh, 
Now, if you don't report everything about yourself when you travel, 10 years in prison. Characterized as an effort to improve the prohibitions on money laundering and for other purposes, the bill uh, severely curtails the right to travel freely without undue hindrance as travelers with more than $10,000 in assets. Man, I'll tell you what. It's impossible. I'm, I'm on the Internet all day, and the screen just jumped away from me to something else. Uh, as travelers with more than $10,000 in assets, including those held digitally, like Bitcoin, must file a report with the U.S. government. If you have digital assets, you have to declare them to travel. If you don't, you could spend up to 10 years in prison. So uh, suddenly, because you travel and because you're worth more than $10,000, you've lost financial privacy. It's a brand new disclosure requirement, totally brand new, and in a uh, different direction than they've done before. So uh, just ugly. And it's because people... They can't understand how to challenge the system. And if I had the money right now, if I had the money, I would contact the uh, ACLJ, American uh, Conference for Law and Justice, Jay Sekulow's organization, American Council for Law and Justice, and... um, I would uh, donate, saying, uh, I'll I'll pay for you to take on that requirement that because certain criteria were met, you've lost financial privacy. Why this new requirement? And the reason for this (laughs) digital assets, I'll bet it's not just digital assets. I haven't read the bill yet. However, uh, I'll just bet you um that the uh that it applies to anything else that you're carrying or taking that's worth ten thousand or more dollars. And this way, uh and I don't know if it's only traveling that will require it, but um it's a way to identify who has gold and where they can go to get it when it's time to seize it. Yep, anything you're traveling with, 10 grand or more. And uh, what they don't do for us is get the IRS away from the average individual. So they don't care about you. They don't care about me. They want to know where they can lay their hands on your stuff and whether or not you're moving your goods out of the country. That's none of their business. and uh, it underscores the importance of asset protection vehicles. Uh, You always want to be, uh, uh, to have your assets in a form that uh, does not attach to you. And again, this is not legal advice, but uh, there are people out there that do a stupendous job of making sure you're structured to where you can't be legally tied to the assets that you may exercise propriety over to some or to every uh, degree. So um, digital currency, you know, they pass something like that and then they say, uh, oh, he had intent to violate the law. What's well, a brand new law? Doesn't matter. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. They've gotten along till now over that. <clears throat> Get my course on uh, criminal intent. Get the course. In 1952, the, the federal government was slapped by the Supreme Court that overturned a conviction 
uh, it was very insignificant. It was a matter of uh, you either pay $200 in a fine or you go to jail for a month. And uh, he took it all the way to the Supreme Court because of the way the jury was instructed. And the Supreme Court said criminal intent is a part of every case. Well, how can you say someone has criminal intent? This is a brand new law. How? Look at the law, the volume of knowledge you have to have just to be able to read it. Um, the amount of appreciation you have to have for the force of law to even recognize that what you're reading has uh, carries with it peril. And then to presume that you had criminal intent, they never even asked. They put the charges up there. First, they charge you. The indictment comes first. And they never consider whether you had criminal intent. I've never heard of anybody being approached by the government. The government says, you know, what you're doing there is illegal. It's always, you're under arrest. Fight with the prosecutor. And the prosecutor doesn't make money by being fair. They're not in there for justice. And when they're done, they go home and molest their children. And so criminal intent never plays a role. It never comes into consideration. And yet, uh, how am I supposed to know that cryptocurrencies now have to be reported? How many people on this call would not have come across that information had they not heard it from me? Who knows? You might be the first one under the wheels. I wrote a motion for a man that was the first one to be prosecuted under the uh, aiding and abetting terrorist organization. And uh, <clears throat> okay, uh, on point, please. Um, or not at all, actually. Uh, I wrote a man that was the first one prosecuted under that aiding and abetting terrorist known tor uh, known terrorist organizations act, whatever they wanted to call it. And um, he was. Um, presumed to know all about it uh okay on point or not at all please uh the chat it that question has nothing to do with what i'm talking about so uh um anyway they said since it was published in the newspaper that this organization had become uh had been put on the state department's um uh terrorist watch list he should have known in the newspaper, that was argued by the government and allowed by the judge when, in fact, it's spurious closing argument is what it is. Uh, the judge was a Jew. The defendant was a Lebanese man who wanted to send a couple pairs of night vision goggles and a GPS unit to Hezbollah that was repelling a military incursion on the part of Israel in violation of a UN uh, resolution. So it was an illegal incursion. Anyway, uh, criminal intent never comes into play, ever. And you go to the prosecutor and you have to deal with the prosecutor. And that's always a plea deal and you always lose. And so you have to convince the jury because they overlooked an essential element all the way to the jury. They don't care. You go to the jury with the essential elements. We don't have to. We don't have to acknowledge the fact that you're innocent right now. You go to the jury with your innocent plea, and the stupid public servant gets away with it. They never even ask. Did you know what you're doing is breaking the law? Are you a fool? Never heard him say that. You go to jail. So uh, anyway. Uh, they've taken private documents and put them in the uh, Obama Public Library. Screw the documents. I think a felony has been committed. What does that give me? Gives me the right to arrest the people in possession of the documents and the people that put them there. End of story. So.
So instead of suing for the documents, if I were Judicial Watch, I would sue for uh, United States District Court, a declaratory judgment that my suspicion is reasonable, that a felony has been committed, and that anybody that gets in my way when I try to perfect the citizen's arrest of the people in possession of those documents, that I can arrest them too. And if they resist arrest, I can up the amount of force I'm using to subdue them. Yeah. Um, again, uh, if you're going to put something in the chat, I have no idea what that even means there. So uh, it takes it's a suggestion that I stop everything I'm doing and I look at what's in that window. So please don't. Uh, it kills me. It, it utterly derails me to have somebody just say, hold up a sign that says something totally unrelated to what I'm talking about. Totally derails me. So I have to ask you, please don't. Please don't put irrelevant stuff in the chat. If it's irrelevant, it's, a re it's irrelevant. It's a change of topic. George Norrie does that all night long, and so I don't listen to Coast to Coast anymore. So I would sue for a declaratory judgment that says I can arrest the people in possession of those documents. You don't hear me sitting there going, oh, gosh, get on Twitter right away and complain to everybody that I can't have the document. Well, what I just got was the right to arrest a bunch of people. And uh, that's fabulous. So the um, criminal intent course, uh, I can't emphasize enough the importance of understanding that topic because uh, everything I do is code pleading. That means everything I do, uh, I, I believe it's legal. You know, I really do. And uh, so you really ought to ask that first servant breath instead of just, you know, if you, and I haven't taught municipalities in a long time, uh, dealing with municipalities. If you think you're in a climate with your county or your city where uh, they just might fly off the handle and abuse somebody, you need to put them on notice of what the law is. And uh, because I'll tell you what, you've heard of qualified immunity. Oh, the officer, uh, he couldn't find his ass with both hands, and so he's got good faith immunity. Or he's qualified immunity. Uh, he didn't violate clearly established law when he treated the citizen in such a way. Um, so you ha you're dealing with, when, and I'm talking about when you sue a municipality, you're dealing with different claims of immunity uh, that will be made in every case. It doesn't matter how ridiculous they have to sound to make it. Uh, they'll make the claim that, hey, he's immune for this reason, that reason, or you can't can't sue the city because it wasn't a violation of clearly established law, and so the officer, the uh, agent or employee of the municipality is on their own, and the pockets of the municipality are not open to suit. Um, there's a way to overcome that, and that is to make sure they're on notice before you act in a way that you think they'll take exception to. You put them on notice of your belief that your conduct is legal for these reasons and you provide a brief to the best of your ability uh, and when you buy my courses you're going to get a tutorial on how to write like I write not phraseology but the uh, formatting of the documents so it'll look very presentable then you put them on notice saying here's why I believe I can do what I'm about to do and you serve them with it and they don't deny it, then go out and do it and see what happens. When they act against you, there's two things that can happen. You're either wrong, and so you're in violation of the law, 
but you don't believe you are and they didn't correct you. That gives you at least the criminal intent defense. But what if you're right and they arrested you? Is it more than just the officer that is liable for tort damages? Yes, because when it comes to whether or not the municipality can be sued, the benchmark or the bar is the question, the test, whether or not someone in the municipal government knew of the law, and number two, had the authority to change course, and number three, failed to change course, and it ended up in your false arrest or other damage. So you put the municipality on notice first or before they find you guilty for something, uh, before they have finished their act against you. And everything that happens after they were placed on notice, the municipality is uh, liable for suit. So knowing when someone becomes liable for suit, if an officer is in violation of clearly established law, and let me get a wonderful case for you on the web here. You know, I might be able to find that a highlighted version. It's the uh, Matthew St. John versus Alamogordo Police Department case. Uh, I'll just go to the web and get it. Hang on here. Scholar.google.com. Case law, federal. Matthew St. John, Alamogordo, and I come up with, yeah, here it is, Matthew A. St. John versus Macaulay and six unknown officers of the Alamogordo Police Department. I hear Alamogordo, I almost automatically say, watch your mouth type of a word. Let's see. And on the end there, which did not show up in my window, is an equal sign and a zero. So there you go. There's a case where an officer was found to have violated clearly established law. He performed a, a uh, an investigatory stop and seizure of a pistol and ID. And uh, the person he uh, took out of the theater for wearing a gun on their hip, um, he took them by the arm and took them out of the theater and took their gun under command and uh, phoned him in and then turned him loose with his gun and his ID. Oh, okay. So just because I'm wearing a gun, you can jerk me out of society? No, you can't. <laughs> and uh, the lower court had, uh, let's see, was this on appeal? Uh, the motion for summary judgment. Um, the I think the unreasonable seizure was granted, but the unreasonable search was not granted. And they said that there has to be a reasonable suspicion that crime is afoot to authorize the conduct of the officer. And um, the uh, it gives a great description of what has to take place. And they said that uh, the officer should have known this. This is clearly established law. And so he is not immune from suit. Things you got to know. So you, you put a municipality on notice in advance. Now, why would you put a federal public servant on uh, advance notice? Why? Well, you can't really sue them unless you get your conviction overturned, meaning you have to go to prison, do the time, get your conviction overturned, then you can sue. And so the federal government gets to rape everybody. Nobody escapes. On the other hand, if you put them on notice 
in advance of the, of you acting and them retaliating, uh, what you've just done is if they know you believe what you're doing is right, and the Supreme Court has stated as recently as 2015 and 16 that criminal intent is an essential element of the crime, then you have the government knowingly and willingly kidnapping somebody, you. They knew you were innocent because you had no criminal intent, and they put you in a van, arrested you, whatever they did to you anyway. And suddenly, it turns your trial into something totally different. Your trial has become their trial. Because the first thing I would do is take my evidence and make it exhibit A to a criminal complaint against the municipality and put it into my docket number. Or my friends would know to do that very thing. So that now my trial becomes their trial. They knew I was innocent before they even acted against me. And now it's on the record. And so it's going to taint the entire case. For the remainder of the proceedings, I got a criminal complaint against the government, and whoever my attorney is is going to be hammering on criminal intent the entire time because I set them up, which is about all you can do to the government unless you make it political. Instead of serving it on the uh, local U.S. attorney, uh, the local FBI, serve it on the director of the FBI. Serve it on the U.S. Attorney General and say, I believe that out here in a certain area, out out here in the 50 states where I live, in my town, that I can't get away with a certain thing, even though the law says this, that, and the other thing. Apparently, uh, I can do whatever I want in this regard, and I'm going to do it. And so I'm not criminally intentional. And put them on notice first. And then if they act, suddenly, U.S. Attorney General, well, you're conspiring against me. It's not my fault you're a felon. And file a civil lawsuit for declaratory judgment that probable cause exists to arrest the U.S. Attorney General. Climb right up the ladder with prior notice. Put them all on notice of what the law is and your rights to arrest a felon. 2006, New Year's. 80 members of Congress, racketeering complaint. Uh, it's You don't do an end zone dance. They'll screw you anytime they want, but they're on notice that I got a particular interpretation of the tax code. And now if you listen to my latest post on 59615, which is uh, my talk show channel, 59615, no confidence. Uh, there's a show there that says uh, litigation update. I think it's, I think it might be the most recent show I posted there. And uh, just listen to all the fronts that uh, we're suing the government on. We got uh, two people on appeal. Maybe someone will be on appeal here very shortly, uh, depending on which way we want to jump. We're going to have a conference call about that probably uh, uh, tomorrow or the next day to see who's suing next or uh, whether somebody's going to appeal instead of suing in another venue. And uh, we're pursuing very specific laws. We're not the anti-tax movement. We aren't the anti-tax movement. We know what laws to sue over. Puts us way apart. We're at the other end of the learning curve from the ignorance of the law school. We're in the knowledge of the law school. Now let's go pursue the remedy. We know how they're stealing. We know how much they're stealing. And we know that we have a right to a clear explanation of the laws, which they can provide if we're wrong about them stealing. Checkmate. There's the blind alley right there. They promised us a clear explanation. The Supreme Court says we can have it. Heldering versus Texpen Oil Company. The taxpayers entitled a clear explanation of the laws upon which the commissioner sought to sustain the deficiencies. So yeehaw, you deprive me of Section 83. Yeehaw, citizens of the U.S. are only named in regulation. Checkmate. They can't talk to you about it. I want a clear explanation of those laws. You promised me talk about it. So talk about it. 
You promised me talk about it, so I want to hear talk about it. So talk about it. We sue them for talk about it, and uh, I scroll down to see that South Carolina is not on the chat or the phone. He's the litigant that was just, the court said, no, you can't sue for that. Oh, there he is. Uh, Yeah, the court said he can't sue for that. (laughs) So he'll either appeal or uh, sue somewhere else. (laughs) And uh, you can't have it. Well, you're entitled to clear explanation. Well, not this time. (laughs) Not this time. And that's where we have them. So we aren't guessing. I know exactly what laws to sue them over. The laws that I briefed in my 1994 treatise on the tax code that goes back to before uh, Pete Hendrickson was a skin tag on the pit bull's ass. <laughs> and uh, it's fun to say that. It's fun to say that because now Pete Hendrickson has skin tags in places you can't see in the shower and they they clone and they fall off and come on here in the chat and try to disturb me in the call. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, before Pete Hendrickson put his first bomb in his first mailbox to harm and injure his first federal employee, I had already written a treatise that I'm still using today. <laughs> and the government runs from eight provisions. <laughs> So welcome, South Carolina, to the call. Uh, and it is cause for celebration and uh, and good times. When you got the government, the big bad IRS and the nationwide DOJ on the run like this to where the courts are protecting, you can't even file a lawsuit for a clear explanation of the law. So now we got the judges involved in ways that I told you. They don't care how they look when they when they stop you. They don't care how they look. And this is about as ridiculous as it gets. I'd always asked for more specific remedy, and I just said, screw this. So kept hammering them, lowering the bar, lowering the bar, simplifying the remedy, simplifying simplifying to where we're just saying, just make them give us the clear explanation they promised in the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, okay? And they say, no, we won't even let you sue for that. That's fine. It's time to either appeal or sue in another circuit. so we can make hay on various circuits, maybe both, get this guy up on appeal and have him sue on another circuit <laughs> and uh, with another plaintiff. we got a few people lining up to say, pick me, pick me, um, meaning uh, they want to sue on their circuit in a U.S. district court for a clear explanation of the provisions that I rely upon in my argument, just as these others have done. And so uh, if you want to do that, get a hold of Chris. Chris will type in his email address to the chat, AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com, AmericanLiberties.LLC at gmail.com. If on your circuit you'd like to file a lawsuit and make the government fail to provide the clear explanation of eight particular provisions they promised to explain, uh, because uh, we're trying to line people up for that effort, get a couple more circuits, because we've already got three people headed up, making the steps toward the Supreme Court. That's why we're doing this. I've done it before. Nobody else has. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing it again. And here we go. Very, very strictly defined statutory arguments, and uh, the government can't refute them. And so we're taking a gang of people on different circuits with different decisions against them, different ways the government runs from same argument. And that's the ticket. That's the key to the Supreme Court right there, is to have disagreement among the circuits and cases overturned for the first time while the law remains a secret. So, yeah, things are going pretty good. And uh, within probably a month, maybe... Two months, maybe 60 days, but definitely by 90 days, we'll have one circuit's uh, decision, maybe both. And then another one will be going up on the circuit uh, soon. So uh, here we go. Hey, a couple questions, Chris, and uh, adios. What do you say? 
Thanks, everybody. Okay, his star eight on the telephone. And uh, now is the time to put something in the chat. And uh, thank you. If you would. And uh, uh, correct. Not anti tax, though, are whistleblowers reporting crimes. Correct. I not anti. Correct explanation point. I tax though our whistleblowers. That's right. And uh, one person said to me the other day, he said, "Don't you have to be part of the government to be the whistleblower?" And my response was, "I can answer that in two different ways. No, and yet, who who is the government?" Aren't the people meant to be the government, by and for the government? So, um, you know, it could be both both ways. But a whistleblower is somebody who's witnessing a crime and blowing the whistle, period. Well, yeah, yeah uh, classically, but um, for the purposes of whistleblower protections and recovering portions of uh, waste that have been discovered and reported, uh, there's the whistleblower statute, which really it does sound to only apply to only uh, federal public servants that uh, expose misconduct. Yeah. So the um, so that was a good question. And uh, isn't government like our children? We created them. <laughs> yeah. I should have had an abortion, right? <laughs> Um, okay, is there any questions, comments, or statements? Yeah, I don't know, Chris. Uh, tigers eat their young. Say that again? Uh, you want to feed them through a wood chipper. I said tigers eat their young, you know. <laughs> yeah. Get the uh, hamburger prep. Okay. Uh, well, Dave, I guess there's no questions. Um, uh, Okay, stand by for more, folks. Uh, the, there's a couple of appeals cases that are uh, very close to decision. And uh, well, actually, Chris is probably 90 days away from the decision. The government still hasn't even replied in his, but uh, the Ninth Circuit will do a reply from the government, and then it'll be the judges. It'll be in the judges' hands on the Ninth Circuit. And then Chris is on the 11th in a tax court case, and October goes to trial, so figure December the notice of appeal will go in there on the uh, Seventh Circuit. So we're cooking, and uh, it's going all the way to the Supreme Court to see if the law can remain a secret when they promise us the, a clear explanation. When the Supreme Court says in 1937 we're entitled to clear explanations, and yet we sue for them and we can't have them, is that right? Really? And to have this in the hands of circuit courts right now uh, as a surprise, because in tax court, these issues were not raised, uh, because you'll get penalized in tax court if you argue the law. It's been proven. I got all the docket numbers to prove it, and they were already on the, they're on the record on appeals, so the court knows that since these are strictly legal issues and there's a problem in tax court, they have to take these issues for the first time on appeal and so my treat has jumped right out at the DOJ on appeal in these tax cases, and uh, the responses are nothing short of uh, funny. They added four attorneys to the case on the Ninth Circuit when they saw what issues were briefed and came in. Why'd you have to do that? They didn't have to do that for anything in cracking the code. Okay, Chris, let's see everybody uh, again soon. I'll be back on Saturday, everybody, on 59615 at noon Pacific. Uh, can't wait to see you there. Take care. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, and in closing, I just want to let everybody know the pe people who came on late in the asset protection side of what I do, uh, Michael Clark has passed away last Sunday. Uh, there is a new trustee that's going to be on board, and the program is still going strong, if, if not stronger. 
and um, Michael Clark is definitely going to be missed. But with all of that said, if people want to know what asset protection is about, you can go on TalkShoe. The number is one one two three nine. Uh, oh boy, you, you mean one two three five nine three. One two three five nine three, and there's several years, a couple years of uh, of talk shoes, and uh, like like Dave and you know like everything, we're kind of redundant because people got to you know there's always new people and and people got to get it, but uh, if you want asset you know protect your assets, and one misunderstanding greatly happens is that people think. Because it's a trust program, oh, I don't have to pay taxes. Well, that's not the way the trust is set up. The trust is set up mainly for taxpayers, okay, to pay the least amount of tax owed. But what you do personally is the same thing. It's the same thing as me. Um, I personally, as a as a uh, as a man, do not uh, as a citizen of the United States in the the fifty states realm, um, I am not subject to the tax because there's no statute that implies that I'm subject to that tax. So um, I, you know, I don't use the trust not to pay tax. I use the trust to protect the assets that I used to own, but I control them but I no longer own them. And like every lawyer and government and everything, they're always after what you own. If your name is on it, you it's yours. Get your name off of it. Whether it be your car, your house, uh, you know, your guns, your gold, your silver, whatever. Get it out of your name and put it into the trust name. And if the trust does make a little money, Pay, pay the you know the you know pay the lion its fee, um, because they got a lot more guns than us, you know, and uh, and and they're just crooked. So anyhow, with that being said, God bless America, and this call is officially over. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.